Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, now we welcome in None other than Jeffrey Jordan. And, uh, is it still Jeffrey or is it Jeff? Like, what are, what are we going with here? I want to make sure I get it right. <laughs> I mean, most people call me Jeff. I have no preference, but uh, Jeff works all good. All right, people. The only person who calls me Jeffrey is is my mother when she's really, really pissed off at me. So. <laughs> yeah, likewise. We'll likewise, stick with Jeff. Person. We'll stick with Sounds Jeff. Sounds good. Sounds right, good. Thanks for having me, guys. For sure. No, no. Thanks for coming on. I mean. You and Rob have history here. For people that don't know, you have history. 2005, 2006, Nike camp yep. teammates. Um, yep. I don't know who got more shots. My guess is neither one of you got a lot because <laughs> Ty Lawson had the ball in his hands and Ty did not love to pass back then. Did he, Jeff? That, that's very, very true. Um, I remember a lot of coast-to-coast layups, you know, getting rebounds and and, and taking it the distance wasn't a lot of passing, wasn't too many assists going around, but uh, but you know, it was a fun time. I think we did had, Rob pass? Had fun. Hey, did Rob I, pass the, I never had the ball, I never I, had the ball in that game. <laughs> I think I was the only one who passed to Robbie, and every time I passed to him, I wanted him, it had to go up. So get, get uh, one up, right? You gotta get one up for sure, for sure. But, our, but it was but a our lot team, of fun. Man. Our team, Jeff, and, and my mom, I'll send you the photo. My mom, we, she, she had to go through some stuff from my high school and she she's kept every photo that's ever been taken basketball wise of course wow and she came across a picture from our team at the 05 nike camp and john shire i mean could really score ty lawson had 50 points in one of our games sean sims was a i mean he could score at michigan but in high school he was really chucking them up and the worst was curtis kelly Oh, yeah, <laughs> Kelly was jacking for sure. So, for I, sure. I'm pretty convinced that you and I might have taken a combined like three shots. Maybe I, I, I agree. If it was three shots, it would we would have been lucky. I, I don't know. If we, <laughs> we I don't know if we got that many up. But yeah, I, man, I it was we were we were stacked. Everybody was everybody was um you know just playing you know just doing just out there hustling you know competitive spirit was there. Um, just a super talented, talented group of people. That sure. was also the year at Nike camp, though, that D Rose was there and Durant was there. So, like, the talent, yeah. usually ABCD, and, and ABCD was still really good that year, but Nike camp had some real players. Do you, do you remember, you probably don't remember this, but we were we were playing at NIFS, which was the, the center over yep. on the camp's IUPUI, nice gym, 
they had the, I think they had like one of the RCA dome final four courts and the market square yeah. arena courts. They had two courts down and we were leaving out the back stairwell and I was walking out next to you or behind you. And in the back stairwell, there was this like two story poster of your dad. Yeah. <laughs> we're walking out and I'm like looking at this and I grew up in Valparaiso, Indiana. The bulls are my favorite team. Your dad is my favorite player of all time. And I'm looking at this and I'm looking at you and I'm like, this is this guy's fucking dad. <laughs> like, how crazy is this? It just yeah, it, yeah. It was unbelievable. It, it was wild, man. And, you know, I think it was hard for me to, to recognize what you guys, how you guys looked at me. Right. Cause I was just part of the guys. Like everybody, right. everybody treated me as, as you know, I was supposed to be there and, and having a good time just trying to do their best. Right. So, so, you know, I think from time to time, you know, I talked to a few people. I remember Curtis Kelly, you know, definitely had a bunch of questions for me throughout that time. Um, uh, and there was just a bunch of guys I feel like that I had already known prior to that, too, um, like Jared Bayless and obviously D. Rose and, and those guys. So and Shire. So it was just kind of like, you know, it, it didn't it didn't stun me that much, but I definitely, I definitely got some questions and some, uh, <laughs> some, some looks and stares. It was, it was a lot of fun though. All right. So tell me what you're doing now. Like, what have you been up to? How, how old, I mean, you and Homo the same age, Are you guys both what 35 ish 30, I'll be 34. Yeah. I'll be 34. In November. Amazing. You, you know, Homo played like eight years in college. So, I, I tell everybody he's he's forty already, and people believe it, Jeff. Yeah, that's this the best part. Spreading these bullshit rumors about yeah. me out here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it, I'm right there with you. It feels like feels like we've been playing for about twenty years, but you've aged yeah. a lot better uh, than me. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, yeah, no, it's, I was in uh, I was at Nike for about eight years, hence why I was in Portland, Oregon, um, for quite a bit of time. I led digital innovation there. Um, so a lot of the esports, gaming space, um, podcasts, 2K, just new mediums that uh, the brand wasn't wasn't used to. I would go out and explore and, you know, make the case for 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 why we should bring them internal um, and, and build something ourselves. And uh, the pandemic hit. And I think, you know, at that point, um, I'd spent a lot of time, you know, it was a new place, new place at, at Nike, new new faces. Um and I thought, you know, this would be the time if I'm, if I'm going to take the time to get out, uh, you know, I could I could always probably come back and, and find a space at Nike. Um, but, you know, I think that was an opportunity for me to go out and, and be more of an entrepreneur, do my own thing. Um, and luckily, I kept in contact with a couple of my friends that I worked through through um, or with at Nike, Jerron Smith, who was uh, Steph Curry's basketball business manager uh, for quite a while. And then another friend of our friend of ours, Daniel George. And um, we just pretty much got together, tried to figure out what was next for our career and uh, started a company called AIR, um, H-E-I-R, which stands for have it, How Excellence is Remembered. And um, it's been a fun journey. We, we, we raised the, the largest seed round in, in Thrive Capital's history, uh, $10 million. So it was great. It was a great start. It's still early. Um, uh, but yeah, it's a lot of a lot of building, totally different world than than what, what, is than it, what I was Jeff? used to in corporate. Explain kind of so, what it is. So the Air app is basically a new way for fans to connect with their favorite athletes and vice versa. Um, we do that by basically on-chain, blockchain, um, and off-chain um, transactions. And uh, basically, 
you know, we help athletes sell their NFTs, um, you know, give, give uh, exclusive content to their fans, access to memorabilia, game tickets, stuff like that. So um, it's a capped community. Every athlete's community is capped. And basically the only way you can come in that community is if you sell the NFT, that's basically your ticket. So it's like a similar to a personal seat license um, for a community of, 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 of collectors. How, cool. Jeff, how early to the space are you guys in that? I feel like for people like Goodman and I, we would be just hearing about NFTs in the last year, but I'm right. sure that there's been probably yeah. work being put in. Are, are you guys late to that space or are you guys kind of in the middle or where are, where is the probably, NFT world? Probably in the middle. Um, so we, we did our first, our seed round in spring of 2021. And that's like, that was at the peak peak um you know time where everybody was talking about nfts and uh there's just a lot of excitement around it um obviously you know i think it's it's a it's a very very long-term um prospect when it comes to I mean, looking at the gamut of things you can invest in um you know it's definitely a long-term project which you know i think for us we get a chance to utilize our marketing skills a little bit more things that we did at nike you know combine tech and and sport in a new way um so that's 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 kind of what we focus on and and yeah there there are other players in the space that um are still ramping up but that's the beauty of of web of web three is that everybody's kind of starting from starting from the ground up and um and 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 it's a wide open market right now is are you guys mostly working with pro athletes or do you do you see nil as an opportunity to maybe get into that space for for college players Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have um, our first uh, athlete was Lonzo Ball. We started with NBA guys. Um, we did Anthony Edwards uh, this past this past summer. Um, and then, yeah, we've looked at some of the NIL guys. Um, Amari Bailey, somebody that we've had great conversations with and potentially coming on board. Um, and we actually just did a whole two on two uh, first ever two on two basketball tournament for some of the, the highest um, some of the high school guys that have been, you know, doing well and kind of rising seniors, if you will. Um, and so that was a lot of fun. Like, I think just doing those kind of fun events and experiences um, around NIL and just supporting their journey in any way possible um, is, is, you know, our bread and butter. And, and how can we also teach them about the space and what we've been building? Can we get so, a humble N NIL? Can we do a humble NIL? Can I be, let's can do I be it. Part NFT, of that moron. <laughs> let's I don't, do I don't it. play college basketball anymore. I can't get NIL. We should definitely do a, uh, an NFT for the podcast, for sure. For there sure. We, we can get a knee brace <laughs> out here or something. <laughs> so, Jeff, I, I want to ask you, go, going back to high school and where you're, you're working on your game, you're yeah. trying to be the best player you can, and your dad is – one of the best players and really one of the most famous people on the planet, you know, what was it like to play the same sport as Michael Jordan when you're trying to be Jeffrey Jordan? Yeah. Right. It was definitely, I think um, early on when I started to take basketball a little bit more seriously, um, like 10 to 13 years old, uh, you know, the pressure was palpable. Like, you know, people are coming, you have larger than normal uh, crowds at you know a seventh grade basketball game or sixth grade basketball game and he tried to make as many as he possibly could um and that was you know that was something that was um unique and I think you know I would go see other other friends play I would go see other schools play and I noticed it was it may, maybe this was a little different right my situation may have been a little bit different um uh, but as time went on like 
I think the game and the the, the instincts that, that you have as a basketball player just kind of have to take take over, right? You have to throw caution to the wind. You can't think about who's in the stands or who's watching because um, that'll affect your play. So over time, it just it just continued to get a little easier um, year after year to 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 deal with and um, block it out for sure. What was what was the hardest part of it? Like what was the hardest, hardest. part? You know, um, I think I think just the just the competition like you were getting everybody's best game right you knew they were coming they wanted to beat you yeah they wanted to they wanted to beat me right i I probably never met them probably don't even know me i've never (laughs) heard of them and you're gonna get their best game and it's and it was like that every every single time when you played and so um i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't have it any other way like i i think that adds something uh and obviously tons of trash talk tons of energy and in any environment helps uh helps me so um it was a lot of it was a lot of it was a lot of just targeting right like how do i how do i how do i go after him and make and kind of make my name known uh against the jordan how um so when i watch lebron now with Bronny, i don't know if you see this at all but lebron is very active very active is like if he's not coaching He's still on the sidelines. Like, I remember a couple of years ago, the first time I saw Bronny was in Vegas. And LeBron knew every kid's name on the team. The kid would come off the court, and he would give him, like, maybe a little bit of advice. I was super impressed, to be honest. I was like, man, he's involved. I didn't think he'd be – your dad was different with this, wasn't he? Didn't he just kind of sit in the stands and just yeah, – absolutely. 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 He was just kind of – you know, I think he, he harped on – you know, having fun, having fun with the game first. He said, you know, basically, if you don't have that love of the game or you don't have the, enough time to play it and figure out how much fun it is to you, you're not going to want to work at it later on. And so that worked for us. Um, you know, I, I felt like I was getting better because I had that passion, um, not necessarily instilled, but I grew to love it. Right. And I grew to I grew I grew to kind of take it and make it my own. Um, and that's important, but I also think it's really cool to see LeBron and, um, and, and his son's dynamic and the team and, you know, how he's, how he's kind of hyping them up and, um, their relationship is really, really cool to watch. Um, yeah, we were just different and, 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 but that's um, your dad too, right? That's your dad now with the NBA team. Like he's not an owner who's like Mark Cuban. He's just kind of chill on it. He doesn't want to be in the limelight. Exactly. And I think that's something um, I was I was when Last Dance came out, I actually mentioned that, you know, he can really turn it on and turn it off when he wants to. Um, I think the problem is when he turns it on, you know, it's 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 hard, a little harder to, to get it to turn off. Right. So he's very cautious about, you know, where he's going to be competitive and where he's going to just be like, you know what, you know, let you got to let the let the people do let the team do what they what they're supposed to do. Um and I've, I've actually learned a ton just from watching that, you know, how he interacts with the organization, delegation, you know, really just uh, being in that position of leadership and how to deal with people, for sure. We're dropping our merch. We got to start calling Underwood Daddy Brad. I'm a big guy.
Breaking news. The Field of 68 has an online store, and it's your one-stop shop for the latest and greatest merch in college basketball and college football. You can find shirts to support your favorite team, make fun of your rival team, or boast Field of 68 catchphrases like Daddy Brad, Cussing and Discussing, and the Star Heels. Go to www.fieldof68.shop today and enter promo code TOUCHDOWN for 20% off at checkout. Jeff, did you did you feel an internal pressure to play basketball? Like, or were you were you steered toward it, or was it something that you, from a young age, really knew you wanted to do? It was something I think I knew I really wanted to do. Um, you know, I think you could have told me that I would be a billionaire. You know, predict the future. I would be a billionaire and and do all this, do all these things, be an entrepreneur, and I probably still would have you know, ran my head against the basketball wall. So, um, you know, it was something that I, you know, we just had a passion for myself, my brother. Um, and, you know, we played a lot of sports, but, but um, you know, football is probably my best. Basketball probably was, was second, but it was my first love. So I stuck with it. Going back to what Jeff just kind of talked about with your dad coaching, do you, do you remember a time where your dad maybe got after you after a game or, you know, some of that competitive fire maybe did come out? Absolutely. I think, you know, we would have to almost egg it, egg it out of him. <laughs> you have to egg him on to, to get it. Um, I think definitely in high school, uh, probably about my sophomore, junior year, um, he just wanted me to, to really know when to shoot and when to pass. Right. Um, I think I, I was just getting to that level where you have people that can score, you know, just as good as you do. You have people that are um, able to do the things that, that you can. How do you know when to pick and choose your spots? And so that would be mainly, I, I remember a couple games in high school, he was just railing me like, why didn't you take this shot? Why didn't you take that shot? Um, but it'd be quick. Like it wasn't like, you know, it was, it was like a couple minutes after, um, after, after, after the game and it would just stop like that. But, uh, but we just watched, we, we watched so much basketball. Like we would just sit and watch game after game, after game, after game. Um, that, and that's how I kind of began to, 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 to take my advice or take my learnings from him is just through the IQ. It's funny you say that because I had the same conversation with my dad about when to shoot, when to pass after a game where I took two shots in a high school game. And it yeah. wasn't like I should shoot all the time, but it was about being aggressive and picking your spots. And I just think it's funny because your dad's coming from a place of six NBA championships. Yeah. My dad's coming from the, he played number one singles at the university of Illinois. For the tennis team. So, yeah. you know, it's the same conversation, but it's really not, but it, it yeah. is interesting that we were having the same conversation probably around the same time. Absolutely. And dads know, like, you know, they can see it when you're being a little bit more tentative, right? They, they, totally. they have a innate sense of where your aggression is and, and, and can see that from a distance. And so, um yeah definitely definitely took all that to heart and, and you know it wasn't the last time we probably had that conversation but you know junior senior year I started just letting it fly having having more fun not thinking about um you know not thinking about when to do this or when to do that that for sure so Rob Rob and I went through the questions last night a little bit he was like all right ask him uh when the first time uh, you ever beat your dad in one-on-one. -on -one. I'm like, what do you mean when he beat him? I said, why don't we ask him when the most points he ever scored Every Every dad. son has beat their dad if they were good at something. <laughs> it's Michael Jordan. Wait, you beat, <laughs> yeah. you beat your dad? You beat your dad in one-on-one? -on -one? Oh, yeah. Really? It wasn't just it wasn't just him. So it was uh, myself, my brother, my dad, and Carmelo Anthony playing <laughs> uh, okay. just kind of cutthroat. 
And, um, and, and yeah, I just, I, they were, there was some heat, obviously some trash talk. My brother and my dad were going at it a little bit. Me and Melo were going at it a little bit. And uh, somehow, some way, I just, I snuck out the win in a cut, in a cutthroat one-on-one-on-one. On one on one. So how much, uh, that was the, how much trash uh, did you talk? <laughs> I just walked out. To be honest, I didn't. There was already so much, so much trash talk going. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna stay out of it. I'm gonna take my W and and slide out to the left for sure. Jeff, we we've talked about LeBron. We've mentioned him and and his kids, Bronny and Bryce, are are starting to maybe go through some things that you have experienced, and, and yeah. you've certainly had the hype building as well. I remember our senior high school watching the game on ESPN where you guys played against North Central, against Eric Gordon, who at the time, yep. like people think of Eric Gordon now as a three-point shooter and a good NBA role player, but Eric Gordon was a freight train and a freak <laughs> of nature athletically. I mean, He's unbelievable. So you, yeah. you're you on national television, and the game is really billed as you and Marcus against Eric Gordon. So you you felt that pressure. You know, what, what kind of are these kids going through as they're dealing with much of the same thing that you were? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of similarities, um, you know, definitely dealing with people off the court, um, having opinions, you know, um, you know, commenting on this or that, you know, a lot of people that, you know, probably haven't even watched them play, just, you know, putting some expectations on them in one way or another. Um, yeah, that's definitely, that's par for the course when you obviously had a, had a um, a father that's that's had some success in in in, in the sport, um, and then there's a lot that they are going through that I can't even imagine, right? Like there's tons that that have changed from Instagram to you know Twitter and just the rise of of, of social platforms and NIL being what it is now. Um, so there are a lot of similarities, but a lot has changed as well. I would say, um, and they're probably going through some some unique changes as well. I mean, can you imagine just like what Bronny goes to prom and people are critical of his prom. I mean, like as a 16 year old kid, it's like, I just want to play basketball and, and be normal. And that's, that is Absolutely. hard to fathom. I can't even. Some of that. I mean, Jeff, you went through some of that. The difference is now the world sees it through social sure. media. Exactly. I think that's a, you know, it's not a small difference just because it's, it's, the, it's a lot more, a lot more visible, right? Um, you could cover up some of, some of those mistakes without um, if you have a hundred thousand followers versus a million 1.5. Right. Um, and so that, it makes a difference, but I think at the same time, like I said, you know, you have to be able to and willing to, to shut that out um, in order to progress as a, as a player. And I think they've done a great job of that so far. And obviously that's all, all praise to their parents. Have you I've, followed Bronny and Bryce a decent amount, Jeff, just from maybe taking interest as a, it's a similar deal. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I would, I would love to, uh, to bring them on our platform uh, and, and, and uh, potentially sign and, and work with them for sure. So I'm sure they have a lot of suitors, but definitely, I've, I've been keeping, uh, keeping tabs on them since their early days. Um, and yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting to see kind of how they progress and how they handle it. You know, with all the social pressures that 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 are going on. But um, but yeah, it's 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 pretty cool to watch for sure. Like I said, I, I've seen him multiple times. I just saw him in July again. He is so impressed. Bronny, so impressive in his composure. And you had the same thing. I mean, you were pretty even keeled, composed. Nothing rattled you. I, I feel like, you know, it's got to be the case because, again, you've grown up with it, 
right? You've grown up with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the people, the haters, I just don't understand it. I don't get it. It's like, yeah. like you didn't ask for this. It's not like you just want to play ball. He just wants to play ball. Absolutely. It's it's easy to criticize when you haven't exper- had that experience, right? If you haven't been in the, in, um, on the court in the trenches with these guys, you know, seeing how they handle adversity, then, you know, everybody's going to have their opinion one way or another. But um, that's why I'm thankful. I, you know, I got I got the chance to play with guys like Robbie and, um, you know, our class throughout that time because, you know, that that's that's where I feel like, you know, I grew up a lot. I learned a lot um, through playing with those guys, being with those guys. And, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully it happens for them as well, but you're always going to have the haters. You're always going to have people outside of that world that don't understand, um, or, or don't have to experience what you experience on a daily, on a daily basis. Give, give me the one piece of advice you would give Bronny. If you could talk to him, not, not about your platform. About being Bronny, <laughs> going through kind of what you went through. So, yeah, Bronny, yeah. Uh, sign with my platform. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I was, I would say, you know, just, just keep doing what he's been doing. You know, I think he's got a laser focus. Um, I, I would say, just you know, continue to to have fun and 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 um, you know, just be mindful of 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 where your level is at, where your stress is at, where your where your game's at, where your where you're, where you're, you know, if you're having enough fun, um, you know, just being more aware and being mindful of, of, of where you are in that, in that moment um, and, and, and continue to progress, keep doing what he's doing for sure. So staying on the, the topic of LeBron, Jeff and I were <laughs> laughing about this last night. Every person that follows basketball in this country has the debate of who is the greatest <laughs> player of all time, LeBron James or your dad. Yeah. Do you have an opinion on it? Because everybody else does. <laughs> everybody else <laughs> feels a certain way about it. So I guess uh, what, you're biased, I suppose. You have to be. But do, do you I get these arguments? I can't wait until he says, hey, I can't wait until he says, Rob, LeBron James is the greatest player ever. No, there's zero chance. <laughs> there's zero chance. Oh, that's but never going to happen. Do you get these arguments too? I assume you have to. Absolutely. I, I get them all the time. And yeah, I'm, I'm obviously biased. Uh, <laughs> I'm biased towards, towards, towards my pops. But, you know, I think it's hard. I, and this is something my dad said um, multiple times. It's hard to, to, to compare generation and generation of, of basketball players just because, I mean, as you guys, as you guys know, the, the sport changes, the game changes, the talent level um, is, you know, more or less um, 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 changing or, or different every year. So, um, you know, it's tough to, to, to say, oh, well, this, this, uh, this era is better than this era. Um, but, you know, I think that's pretty much how I, I don't, I don't really give opinion. I don't, I don't, you know, I think people know where I stand on this issue. So I don't, I don't, I don't think about it too much. You can't compete with six, no, in the finals. That's, that's all that we'll say about this, right? You can't compete with that. Exactly. Uh, you, you mentioned the last dance earlier, you know, it like captivated the country during the pandemic, right? It was like the timing of that coming out could not have been better because everybody was watching it and everybody had an opinion on it. What, what was, give me your biggest takeaway of it. Give me your biggest takeaway of something that maybe even you were like, man, I didn't know that. I think just the amount of um, just the, the, the interpersonal dynamics, there was something every year going on with that team. And when you have some success or, you know, even before they, they had the success that they did, 
just seeing how they met these these challenges like the Pistons, um, you know, like maybe some inner squabbles, like, um, you know, uh, some of the trash talk and, 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 and maybe some bad practices. Um, you know, I think there was just a lot of overcoming challenges, which was what I, which is what I got out of it. And, and it took every single one of those, those guys on each of those teams to do that. So, um, it was really interesting to see. And I think for my dad personally, it was, um, I got to see, I think I had a better understanding of how he was a leader or how he saw himself as a leader. Um, and obviously how the team, you know, how the team saw him as a leader. So um, definitely it was, it was super informative. I've only watched it once. I got to go back and watch it a couple more times. I do but, too. I want to um, watch it again. Yeah. I've been waiting and saving it for the right time and, you know, right space and, um, you know, go back, go back into it. But I think it was perfect, perfect, um, perfect showing, perfect movie and perfect time for sure. Did your dad like it? Did your dad like, have you talked to yeah. him about it after he watched it? I had talked. Talked to him a little bit before we, we released it. Um, I had seen snippets of it, and um, I know he was a little nervous about it yeah. being seen by the public. Yeah. Um, and you know, my, my my feedback was, I think people are going to love it. You know, I think I think people are going to love to see that fire and and how you took it. You know, how you took leadership, a, a leadership position, um, and what that meant. Right, that wasn't the same in the '80s as it was in the '90s in terms of him leading the team. Um, and just seeing the rest of the team, like seeing how they all interacted, um, you know, have utmost respect for Phil. I think handling all these different personalities yeah. was not <laughs> couldn't have been easy, <laughs> yeah. but it was awesome. It was awesome to see for sure. So for, for the 98 season, you would have been nine. You're born, you're 89, correct? 88. Yep. 88. So you'd have been nine or 10. Yeah. What's the coolest moment that you remember from maybe going with the '90s Bulls? I'm, I'm sure by the end of it, you were you remember stuff. I mean, I some of the stuff you never know because you've seen it maybe in replays, and you know you think yeah. you remember. But I guess if you could pick a moment from that kind of run with the Bulls, is there something that sticks out story wise for you? Um, I think the I probably remember all the way back to like the baseball days, like Birmingham and and that stuff. Uh, you know snippets here and there before that but what really stuck out was the the trip to france after the uh the after the 72 i think it was after the 72 or maybe right before um uh, 72 and 10 season um, that was the that was got, mcdonald's classic deal in, in paris yeah, yeah okay. exactly exactly um i remember my dad actually went a year he went a year before that um i think he had some some nike brand stuff and then i ended up you know, I was excited to go with him on this trip and got to ride well on the team, on the team plane. Um, my sister, my brother, uh, my mom all took the Concord over and we were supposed to switch on the way back. And I was like, <laughs> no, nah, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with the team uh, there and back. But that was a really cool tournament to watch and just see like a whole nother culture, like how they react to him. Um, it was, it was, it was amazing to see. So, Looking at like issues now, all these athletes are very outspoken. Your dad never has been. He never really has been. He's kind of stayed in his lane to himself a little bit. And I think people like me, again, you know, having so much respect for him and he had so much juice, so much power. Uh, did you ever, have you talked to him about that? Of like, hey, dad, you could impact so much with, with your thoughts, with your words, with, um, you know, what you've experienced. Have you talked to him mm -hmm. about that? And has he told you why he doesn't do it more? 
Um, yeah, I th- I, we've definitely, you know, my siblings and I have definitely talked to him about it. And, you know, I think he's, 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 um, you know, he's done a lot. He does a lot through, you know, um, giving back to the community, um, you know, building new structures. I think that's the way he prefers to show his support or, or show where he stands as opposed to coming out and, and, and saying words, right. Or, or speaking on it. I definitely think he could be, um, you know, his voice is, is obviously super powerful and strong and, you know, it could definitely sway, um, you know, public opinion this way or that way. But I, I think that's just not what he wants to, what he wants to be a part of. Right. He'd rather just um, build and support the causes that, that, that he loves and, um, and do his talking that way. I mean, personally, I'm still trying to figure out when, and when is the right time to speak and when, when is the right time to, to kind of be quiet. Right. Just because of that is, um, that example. Well, you yeah. must feel that way of like anything you say. And have you always felt that way? Like growing up, anything you say, you've got to be careful about because it could be taken the wrong way. Or listen, it might be taken the right way, but your dad might even be like, hey, why did you say this? Right. this? This impacts me as well. Right. Definitely. I think it's it's um, it's definitely something that's gotten harder as as the years go on because of the visibility that social social media provides um but it's always been there right that's something our parents were were telling us you know you're you're going to be treated differently you have to watch the things you do the things you say um and then obviously the more ex- exposure we got to um you know to the rest of the world and 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 kind of grew our own followings a bit that's only became more and more important um you know as we've seen over the past couple of years and and decades so um you know, you could definitely, I think it's powerful. I think everybody, I'm sure you guys deal with it too. Sometimes it's like, yeah, okay, well, thinking about something that I said or or maybe getting some comments or feedback on some things you said, but, you know, I, I think it's it's uh, it's always great to, to state your opinion and, and, and where you stand on things. And, um, you know. It's harder you know, now. No, you're, you're right. It's definitely harder. Definitely because, harder. Yeah, I just feel like, again, in social media, this world, it's it's harder because whatever you say can be amplified and really taken out of context because you're dealing with like Absolutely. Twitter, however many characters, what is it, 280 now? Whatever it is, Absolutely. like I'll give you a great example. Uh, a few years ago, Kyrie was playing in Boston um, and he he stomped on the, the Celtics logo at the end of the game. And then he walked off the court and somebody threw a bottle at him. And I basically put out a tweet saying, hey, both of them need to grow up, both the guy who threw the bottle and Kyrie. I wasn't equating that. I, I wasn't saying it was the same level, but I, I could right. only fit that in 280 characters. People killed me for it. Right. They were like, how are you right. saying they're the same? I'm like, no, I'm not saying they're the same, but I can't fit it in the, in the one tweet. I got to fit it into two tweets. <laughs> right, right. You can't uh, put you know, uh, a, a whole conversation with, yeah. uh, in context and, right. and a couple of tweets and um, you know, my, 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 my brother's had more experience with it because he, he definitely, um, he has a filter now, but he didn't always have one. Yeah, no, he did uh, not. He did not. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, you know, I think, I think I had the benefit, um, you know, which is rare. I had the benefit of watching how he interacted on social media where, you know, usually I'm, I'm, I'm leading the, leading the charge and going through things first, but. Um, yeah, he jumped out there and, and, and you got to see kind of that, that, that lash, um, that, that backlash. 
Um, but it's just, it's just tough. It's hard. You, you know, I, I think it's one of the great things about our country, obviously free speech. And then on the other side of that, you know, there's, there's, um, you know, there's some sensitive topics out there and some, some people that get offended really, really, um, by really, you know, mean and, and maybe not so mean stuff. So, um, it's, inter it's, it's interesting. I think, um, you know, I, I've only gotten more into kind of seeing comments and, and tweets, like literally my late last couple of years, but prior to that, I, it was something I never really paid, paid attention to because I was, there was that fear of, of, um, of, of, you know, being criticized or ridiculed for what I say. Jeff, does it surprise you how people still react to your dad just because he, he hasn't played in, I mean, I, what did he retire from Washington in 2002? 2002, yeah. But it, then you, you see him at like, if he's at the national championship game, the cameras show him constantly for North Carolina yeah. when they were there, or even the top 75 thing, you know, that that's yeah. a group of elite alpha males, but there yeah. was clearly one alpha male that is above all of the rest, you know? And it's just, it's like the way people re react to, to your dad to me is really incredible when he has not played in almost 25 years. Right. No, definitely. The, 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 the 75th anniversary was, I think, you know, uh, I'm glad you mentioned it. It's probably the biggest moment that I, that I really seen and that I realized, you know, the impact that is, that, that is still there, especially amongst peers. Right. And, and, um, I think in some respect, you expect that the most from your peers, but to see it, um, and, you know, kind of just, just to see him embrace it as well. Um, it, it's, it get, I get goosebumps now thinking about it. it, it it's, it's pretty cool to see and pretty cool to watch. So yeah, I'm a little, I, honestly, I'm a little surprised, but not, not really when you see the, the inner basketball community, um, still kind of praise and, and, um, and look towards his accolades for sure. Give me, give me Jeff the one, cause he, he had people fear him. Like people were intimidated. They were scared of him. Give me the best story of when you were scared as shit of your dad. <laughs> oh man. Um, there's only been maybe a, there's probably been a handful of times. I think the, 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 the biggest one, um, I was a kid. He was out of town on a work trip. And um, I was just getting my, I was a sophomore, actually, not a kid. I was getting my learner's permit, my driver's permit. Um, and I don't know what popped into my head, but one day I took out his SLR McLaren. Um, and it was just, I don't know what I was thinking. I just, you know, maybe I'll take it around the block or go around the circle, come back in the gate. And uh, when I brought it back in, I parked it the wrong way. And so when he got home, he was like, he knew, I guess somebody might've told him where he saw it on camera. And uh, I was terrified. We had to have a long, long talk. Um, and yeah, it was, it was not, not one of my best moments. Not one of the best moments. For you didn't, you didn't ding it up, did you? There was no like dings on this thing, was there? Yeah, no, 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 no. It was just parked the wrong way. <laughs> like, such a rookie move. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was such a rookie move. I, I don't know how to this day how I let that slip, but uh, but he was pretty, he was pretty pissed off. And good reason. I mean, that car was way faster than I could handle at that age. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm just glad I didn't, you know, I didn't scrape it up. Hey, before we finish here, I wanted to ask you, I, I, I'm like every other basketball player in the world that when they stop playing, they start to love golf for some reason. How, oh, yeah. 
how in, first of all have you started playing and if you have how insane is grove 23 your dad's course that he basically was just like i'm sick of playing slow so i'm just gonna build my own course <laughs> which most of us have to complain of well we'll just keep playing slow but exactly <laughs> it's awesome man yeah i've definitely been playing obviously being out in florida you know golf capital of the world it feels like um been playing a ton and uh getting out to grove as much as possible it's been fun that's that's usually where we connect and get to hang out and see each other and you know obviously i was on the other side of the country for about eight years so now it's a lot of catch up and um you know having fun and golf is a golf is a great way to do it i don't know what it is about you know yeah basketball players just trying to everybody get does it it's like the natural everybody. progression of when you when your body breaks down enough to not be <laughs> able to play basketball everybody <laughs> starts playing golf i, I don't yeah. know why yeah courtney lee is uh, another a friend of mine out here we, we actually play together pretty uh pretty often uh yeah guys guys love playing you know hummel says he's good he says he's really good right now i've been grinding jeff i've been working on my game i mean all really? he does me too I'm, I'm not gonna ask you your handicap because mine isn't too good right now but <laughs> but uh but we should definitely play no, let's next do it let's do it or, next time uh, in florida I'll, I'll i'll definitely i'll look you up Hummel's got plenty of days off, and the, in the, he's got a long off season. Long hey, you know off what? The summers are awesome. the time to relax after you call these games in the winter time, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, we'll hit growth. Let me know. Let's Listen, we really appreciate you coming on. It's been yeah, way thanks, too long. Yeah, it was awesome. uh, yeah, I thank know for you guys. you guys, it was very cool to kind of reconnect this way, and and uh, uh, at some point, we'll get your off the air your best uh, Hummel story from the Nike camp. You know, <laughs> I'm sure he got in trouble, broke curfew, did something wrong. You know that that <laughs> IUPUI campus. It's a wild place. So. It is. It's a wild <laughs> spot. <laughs> Thanks, awesome. man. Thank you guys so much. Listen, man. appreciate Talk it. Good luck with everything in the future and uh, continued success. Anytime, guys. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.